raise your right hand. Do you solemnly swear to tell the truth, whole truth, and nothing but the truth? I want the truth! Why don't you answer him? Hey everybody, it is another episode of Objection Your Fiction. I'm joined by Bradley Polina. Is that how you say it? You got it. Awesome. Um, and more importantly, joined by Louisa DeRose. Louisa is a partner at Rower LLC. It's a family and matrimonial law firm based in New York City. Uh, explosive growth, one of the uh, coolest places to, to work in the family law space. So we're super happy to have Louisa here today. Hi, Louisa. Hi, everyone. We pronounce it Rower LLC, Lee, but I'll take it. I'll take the rest of what you said. Yeah, we pronounce it rower. We pronounce it rower. So there's just a dis- difference. I'm I'm down. I'm totally. I'm okay with it. Yeah, it's a difference of opinion here. A, yeah. we're, we're starting in a very adversarial manner. Speaking of adversarial manner, I know you're you're not very happy with me that I asked you to come on and, and talk about the movie Big Daddy, and we're going to hear your thoughts on it in a moment. But um, before we get into kind of the legal, the 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 really thorny, complex legal issues that we have to grapple with in Big Daddy. Um, We're going to do our two-minute summary of the movie. And Brad, you have two minutes to give the audience an overview of what happened in Big Daddy. Go now. All right, I'm going to talk fast. All right, so we're discussing Big Daddy, 1999 Adam Sandler movie. Uh, In particular, we're talking about some of the, I would say, deceptively complicated family law issues that uh, come up in this uh, classic film. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. here, quick rundown of the movie. We all just watched it, obviously. I've probably seen it a hundred times over the years. A hundred times? Yeah, you know. Yeah. I had it on VHS back in the day, right? Oh. So when you kind of went to the same 12 movies you had on VHS, that was one that I that I pulled out uh, back in uh, middle school. Um, he kind of played, Adam Sandler kind of plays the typical 90s Adam Sandler slacker character, right? He's actually a lawyer. He's a law grab, but he never took the bar. He spends the day loafing around on the couch, sleeping late. He works one day a week as a toll booth operator, and he's living off a $200,000 illegal settlement after having his foot run over by a New York City taxi cab. Kind of a slacker, kind of a loser. In the very beginning of the movie, his girlfriend breaks up with him for precisely those reasons and leaves him for a, a much older man. His dad, Sonny's dad, thinks he's a loser. His friends are all attorneys. They're all much more successful. But by the way, Sonny lives in probably a four to 5,000 square foot loft apartment that probably would cost about seven to eight. (laughs) So, uh, all right. So one day- It's it's nicer than the friend's apartment to give everybody out there context as to how nice this apartment is. it's, It's a little dirty and a little rough and messy, but there's exposed brick. There's exposed concrete and plumbing work. Right. Multi-level, kind of a cool wrought iron metal staircase that goes up to the sleeping area. Great views. This is highly relevant to the discussion. That we're I so, yeah. so Sonny's hanging out one day and he gets a knock at the door and there's a young, a young guy that says, lady downstairs gave me five bucks to give the kid, to bring this kid up here. Kid's holding a note, basically says, uh, I'm Kevin Garrity's son, Kevin Garrity being... Sonny's best friend and roommate, another attorney played by uh, by John Stewart. Sonny I'm calls. Just realizing that was John Stewart. Go on. In in maybe his. Wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. You didn't you didn't know that was John Stewart? 
If I knew, I didn't know, you know, that feeling like I, I didn't put the name in the face. Okay. Sorry, Brad. He, he doesn't have the silver. Out. He doesn't have the silver fox aspect. In this movie. He still has his brown Correct. hair. So He's I a child. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so Kevin, Kevin Garrity played by John Stewart is a hot shot up and coming corporate attorney. He's on his way to China for a, I guess what seems like a, a sort of a longer term assignment. Sonny calls him at the airport and says, hey, this kid just showed up. I think it's I think it's your son, right, according to this note. Kevin Garrity kind of says, well, do you want me to come back? No, okay, no, you got it covered. All right, I'm going to go to China and go on my trip. Why don't you you basically figure out what to do? They have so, a conversation as if, like, the wrong Amazon package got delivered. Right. What do you want me to do with this apartment? package? Yeah, what should I do? Yeah. I can't right? deal with it right now. Okay, I'll deal with it, Sonny says. Exactly. So... After a little bit of hemming and hawing, Sonny decides, you know what, I'm going to win back the girlfriend that dumped me in the beginning of the movie by essentially adopting this kid, and I have a great idea how to do it. I'll just call social services, tell them I'm Kevin Garrity, and that'll be that. And he actually does that, and the guy at social services on the phone says, okay, great, hey, have a good life, good luck with your son, right? (laughs) So the rest of the movie is essentially Sonny and this kid Julian hanging out and kind of bonding and, and, and growing on one another in some pretty, uh, some pretty unconventional ways that we'll, uh, we'll discuss with you, Louisa. But the, the real climax of the movie is this big courtroom kind of hearing trial custody scene where everybody that we've seen in the movie comes to testify one way or the other about, what should happen with this kid? And it's it's during that scene that we see Kevin Garrity kind of uh, resurface and 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 decline decline to press charges against Sonny for basically fraudulently holding himself out to be the kid's father. So and kid and kidnapping him basically, and basically kidnapping him and lying to social services and 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 all of that. Sonny's about to get thrown in jail. Kevin says, "No, I'm that boy's father." and um, I, I, I'm not going to press charges. So, all in all, a great movie. All in all, they, they all live happily ever after, and, like a modern family and type they, ending. Correct, and they go to Hooters. Sonny takes the bar, and in a stroke of poetic justice, he sees the girlfriend that dumped him in the beginning working at Hooters with her older boyfriend behind the grill. All right, now we're really getting into just totally irrelevant material. The movie, Brad, you've gone like. Four minutes. I was four and a half minutes. I was at NYU when this movie came out. I'm older than you, obviously, Brad. And until Lee made me watch this movie again to do this today, again. my only my only point, well, and I had watched it, but my only, I think it was on like the NYU net TV or whatever. The only point of reference I had was that I hated that Adam Sandler leaves with his apartment with the kid on like Water Street, walks by the big um, clock on his way to get to the McDonald's on like around West Fourth. Right. In that time frame, that was my only point of reference. Was that they were trying to do that within like seven minutes, and it's like a forty-minute walk. Well, that's why they, that's why they're late for breakfast. They're vi- <laughs> they should have known they could have never made it. Is my point. So anyway, Lee asked me to watch this movie, and I did. And I texted him, I think halfway through, and said, "I cannot believe." that you are subjecting me to this movie. My husband keeps walking into the room and saying, why on earth are you watching this? So that's how so I you, feel about this movie. So you like the movie is what you're saying. Love it. Loved it. 
I actually, I think this movie holds up pretty well. I don't want to get too into like the, um, the quality of it. I mean, it's an Adam Sandler movie, so it has its limitations and it's during his like arrested development. All of his movies are essentially the same. They're just like in different settings. He either he's like trying to graduate elementary school or become a professional golfer or be a father. They're all essentially the same movie with like the same cast of characters. I thought this one was probably the sweetest one. Um, and he's cute. Yeah, he's it's it's a it's a it's a fairly sweet innocuous movie that I thought was pretty funny at times. But let's get into the let's get into the meat and potatoes. Why everybody's here? Um, I want to talk about. From a custody perspective, obviously most of this movie is about Sonny deciding that he wants custody of Frankenstein or Julian <laughs> and making the argue, making the case for that. So I guess high level, uh, let's say this actually happened. One, what's the likelihood of success? And two, what has the court looking at this? How's the court kind of grappling with this decision making? I know not so, a I want to speak to something you just said. I'm gonna answer your question first, which normally you know I wouldn't do. I would speak for 10 minutes and then not have yeah. answered your question. But to answer your question first, you know, you need standing to seek visitation. We'll talk about that in a minute. And then the court is judging this, either the family court or Supreme Court is judging a custody petition, right? based on the best interests of the child. But you said, and I hadn't thought about it until you said it, that this is sort of a sweet movie. And it is sort of a sweet movie because really this poor kid, the only person who's being nice to him is Adam Sandler, right? His mother who pinned the note to his shirt is dead. His father doesn't her, know- her, her last act before dying of a terminal disease is to leave him on the- Is on the doorstep of Kevin Garrity, right. So she like, so she's dead. That's the only parent he knew. His biological father is uh, in China doing, I don't know, M&A or something M &A. very important we're led to believe. And that's really- a pretty, that's, probably, that's probably a pretty realistic actually part of the movie that that an M&A attorney would, would just abandon his child in order to- <laughs> No comment on that. But so he, you know, so Adam Sandler really is the only person who's being sweet and gentle to this kid, save for, arguably, the ACSC sort of guy. That, that guy's sort of famous. What's his name? The actor that plays that guy. The, like, anyway, it doesn't Arthur, matter. Yeah. Arthur Brooks in the movie, the guy at, at social services. Yeah, like, it's yeah. Really told what it is but i'm assuming that's sort of like a placement foster agency he's sort of sweet i guess too so if it's a best interest of this of the child standard then arguably in this set of facts lee that you are forcing me into sunny is doing what's best for this child sunny is a stranger to this child and generally in New York, in order to have standing to seek visit visitation or custody, you need to be a parent, sub, under that a grandparent, a sibling, some sort of blood relation. So you can't leave, file for visitation or custody of my children, even if I would like you to. You can't do it, likely. Well, what about like in this scenario where there's nobody else, right? So he has nobody else. Um, he has this guy let's leave aside the fact that he's defrauded the state of new york which i will come back to there's nobody else 
he's willing, <coughs> willing, able, and interested in doing this. So, so you're what about pushing, that piece? Yeah, you're sort of pushing. We do all sorts of matrimonial and family law. We don't tend to do a lot of adoption that isn't second parent adoption. But I would assume then that if we're thinking of Julian as a child who should be up for adoption, um, I don't think Sonny would have a shot, right? Because of because I think, and again, we don't really do open adoptions, you know, like stranger adoptions. I think you need to be, you know, like the reason that Sonny at the end is in so much trouble and going to be carted off by, I guess, is, was that the bailiff? Is that who that was in the courtroom? Like, that, like when it finally all comes to pass. What I think is more interesting is whether or not Kevin Garrity would be deemed to be a good, you know, that's sort of the interesting question, right? Like, are the choices that Kevin Garrity made to leave his child with a derelict while he goes to China, is, were those good decisions? We're going to get to that. I want to go through, though. So let's play a little game. Oh, gosh. The game is <laughs> the game is he has standing. Okay. And, okay. and the court is going to the court is going to consider how he's acted over the course of the movie <laughs> in determining whether or not he can have custody of the child. So right. I want to what I want what I'd like to do. There's there's a lot of examples, but what I'd like to do is scale of one to 10, 10 being best interests in a court's eyes, one being this is disqualifying as a, as a custodian of this child. We're going to go through some of the things that he does with Julian over the course of the movie. And I'm not going to hold you to this, but you can guesstimate. Okay. Some of this is, some of this is not made for TV. PG-13 R-rated material, but we're still going to do it because we're on a podcast and we're having fun, except for yes. Brad. Brad doesn't look like he's having that much fun. But, um, okay, so we're going to we're gonna go through a few of these, okay? You ready to play it? Uh, yeah, I feel nervous. I will tell you this. The part of what is interesting is that a lot of the stuff that Sonny is doing, his bad behavior is with Julian. So I'm, so I'm ready for that. But I will talk clients sometimes like, you know, you'll have someone come in and be like, you know, this guy's the worst. He's dating everyone in New York. He's paying for it, all this stuff. And I'm like, was the kid there? Well, then the courts won't care, right? Right? Best interest of the child is not about what parents are doing. It's about, you know, how your decision making is affecting the kids. So let me hear it because Julian I, was there for most of Sunday. I see. So what, so what you're saying is if he was doing a lot of this stuff by himself, it might not matter. But the fact that he had Julian as an accomplice. Like when he was tripping homeless people. Well, like you know what? You're, is, you're, you're ruining the game I'm because sorry. you're ruining Lee's finger. Lee's finger hard on this. All right. Edit it. Well, no, it's fine. We can talk about that first. So, how, so <laughs> 1 to 10, he he takes him to see – first he takes him to see rollerbladers fall down. And then he actively participates in their falling down. 1 to 10, where does that – fall okay so i'm gonna do different the falling down i don't think is a huge deal that's just comedy I, i'm not concerned <laughs> <laughs> the actively in the actively teaching a child to injure rollerbladers i would say i would tell my client if, if they're if the other party was doing that not good 
we're going to be able to really, we're going to seven or eight be able to really capitalize. Mm. On. Moderately frowned upon. Yeah, that this, no, oh, I'd say wait, higher wait, than wait, that. Like, so it's not the worst behavior, but it's pretty. No, bad. I can think of worse in my daily like existence. Well, now you have to give us. Now you have uh, to give us. No, it's great. Listen, uh, the one thing I will say, and Sunny was in New York City too, is I tell people all the time when they give me fact patterns, I'm like, well, I feel like in Iowa that would be really, I don't know if I should say that. I said it. Like, I, I feel like outside of New York City, we could get real traction with that fact pattern, but it's New York City. It's hard to, it's hard to shock judges. But I do think, Your Honor, this man took this child and taught him to injure people would be problematic. For sure. What about the fact that, and I don't want, I want to move on to some other examples, but what about the fact that like, this happens pretty early on in the movie and mm -hmm. Julian's like really upset and you can see throughout the movie that Julian kind of likes people getting hurt. Like Kevin Garrity falls into a bench at the end of the movie and Julian laughs and that's how they like yeah. develop their bond. Yeah. What about the argument that like this kid is kind of a little depraved and he, he was trying to like make him happy in the aftermath of losing his mother so he's like bringing him to a location where he can make him laugh i like it i think that you should make that art i think that you know what counselor i think that that would be probably the best you could do with that i like That's it yeah all right brad what, what, what's next brad what do you think how, how about this one how about kids really gotta go to the bathroom I'm a really nice guy. Um, you know, it's a little uncomfortable. I'm going to go into a business. People don't like to let you use the bathroom. I tried. Now I'm just going to say, you know what? Go pee on a building and <laughs> you've got some stage fright. I'll pee with you. How bad? Oh, I think like zero. That's not that I bad? Zero. No, I think, you, you know, you're probably... I think, we screw, I think we screwed up the grading, by the way. Zero was like... Zero, okay. you think it's, it's, not, it's a, not a thing? Like, oh, I don't think it's a thing. Oh, did we? Did I do it backwards? It's, it was a confusing scale that I put together. I'm going to have to change it for future okay. episodes. I think that. I mean, listen. I have this child. I'm trying to. This is the. I'm trying to do its best for him. He's got to go to the bathroom. And I will remind you, Brad, sure. that Sunny tried to go into the restaurant. Right. He asked, and the kid was getting very upset. And I think that's totally, I mean, it's illegal, right? Remember, Lee, we used to charge people with that. Is it, what is it? Uh, like urination? Yeah, urinating in public. Yeah, but I mean, it's a violation, right? It's, I, it's I think it's an, an administrative code violation. Oh, yeah. okay. So anyway, I think. Uh, it's not no. even a misdemeanor. If, um, you have yeah, a, if you have a badge, you can get, get out of it, though. I know that from personal experience. <laughs> Union Square Park 2008. I think we're past the statute of limitations by now, so we're fine. I, I'm not. I think that that I would. I wouldn't even. I wouldn't even bring it up if I was against you. Or maybe you'd bring it up in a positive way, right? Like, like he, this is him like making the kid feel more comfortable. Um, and yeah, like it's, 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 to, it's embarrassing yeah. for him too. To you know, like, who wants to pee in public in front of people? Yeah, I'm not worried about it. That's not. I'm not so so concerned about that. Um, what if What if Sunny though had gotten arrested? Well, would you get arrested? Anyway, no, no. I, would you get arrested? Were you a prosecutor at some point? I, so would you get arrested for being <laughs> in a building? You can't even get arrested for like armed robbery anymore in New York City. <laughs> 
Anyway, let's not get political. I said let's go. Let's go. Let's go with that perfect segue. All right, let's let's throw a different one at you, Louisa. How about kids never been trick or treating? Certainly oh, never been that was my favorite part. That was never, my favorite part. Tell the people a, what happened. He's a first timer. You go to a one of these brownstones. I guess it was probably in the village somewhere. You, the first house you pick, the guy's not very nice. You knock on the window. He kind of waves you away. He's on, a, he's on a phone call. So what does Sonny do? He very easily finds his way into a back door. Not really sure. I guess it was unlocked. Next thing you know, Sonny's in the guy's house and... Um, Julian's trick-or-treating mm-hmm. uh, bag winds up with some CDs, a box of cereal, and a watch. How bad? So, <laughs> I think I see some felonies in there. Before, we, gra- before we grade this, can we talk about how, how big of a scumbag you have to be to live in New York City in a brownstone? Sit visibly in the window. So that everybody can see you and have no candy to speak of on Halloween Eve. No candy and on Halloween. Act, act shocked when someone is is pressing you to come to the door. So, Brad, to Lee's point, who was committing the crime there? Was it the jerk? I was about to curse on a podcast and I didn't. Was it the jerk who didn't have any candy, or was it? Out of <laughs> okay, so I will tell you this. So. Let's get a little legal here, right? When let's you're get, talking about let's, let's dive into the legal legal world. A little bit of law. I don't want to bore anyone. A little bit of law, right? When we're talking about custody, we're talking about two different things. We're talking about physical custody, so where Julian lives, where he sleeps, where he goes to school from in the morning, and we're talking about legal custody, decision making. Does he get braces? Does he go to therapy? Does he go to Dalton or PS whatever? Right? Those those things. So, um. I would say that Sonny's decision to break and enter into this man's home is really goes to his, you know, his decision making and his ability to be the person making decisions for this child. We're assuming he has standing yearly. You're making me live in this world. So if I am, then like, is that the sort of person, the sort of person who will, and I know it's, it's debatable who committed the worst crime, but who literally broke and entered into this man's apartment and does he hit him Lee? i can't remember or does he like drag no him i think college? he strong arms him to the door i think Correct. the guy's so scared that he'll basically do anything at that point but um that's why yeah, yeah. He, is that a robbery when he hands over his watch i mean anyway my point being gentlemen oh, that i think it's, it's definitely like a second a burglary. degree burglary for sure yeah, yeah. Uh, I think there's a problem there. I think it's a problem when you are willing to commit felonies uh, with your child. I just what didn't about, say. I just, here's a didn't say. What, I think something you said earlier got me thinking. You said, well, he did a lot of this stuff with Julian, and that's highly relevant, basically. Super relevant. What if he was doing this stuff not with Julian? So you're in court and you say, well, judge, this person shouldn't have this kid because he's out there committing burglaries. I don't know. He's uh, he abuses substances. He hangs out with prostitutes. He's a bad. He's a bad. He doesn't do any of those things. He doesn't abuse substances or hang out with prostitutes. I'm asking in general if you're not with the kid. Like, what if Sonny did that separately? It's got to still be relevant, right? It's an interesting concept. Why did your head go to hang out with prostitutes? I had said something about prostitutes earlier. To be fair, I'm just thinking about prostitutes. Where am I? What has happened? So, okay, let me tell you this. Because I, people always find this really interesting. You know, the 
the courts in New York, some people might say to a detriment, are really strongly motivated to have parents with children. Mm-hmm. To the point where incarcerated parents, you know, can get visitation. You know, I'm looking at a case, actually, you'd be shocked. I did like this amount of preparation, but I did do some preparation, Lee, in case you're, you know, grading me for future appearances, you know, one to that, ten. One to zero to, yeah, that, uh, <laughs> you know, the fact that a, that a, that a parent is incarcerated doesn't, according to the courts of New York, render visitation inappropriate, Brad. So that's sort of, uh, I'm taking your question and bringing it all the way to, you've been caught and arrested and gone to jail. But I think I'm sort of just trying to highlight that the courts are looking to keep kids seeing their parents. There's a thumb Um, on the scale of keeping families together. Yeah. And I think, and, and, and the concept that kids are most likely, except in rare circumstances, better served by having contact with their parents. Um, you know, I'm sure we could debate that on a different podcast with a therapist, but, you know, that seems to be the thought. But to your point, Brett, again, if I'm against that, if I'm in a custody battle with that person, you know, I'm looking at decision making and what does it say about you as the decision maker for this child? What does it say about your ability to make decisions if you are living a life of crime? Which it sounds like you are, Brett. I, I might be. I'm trying to keep that from Lee, actually. But <laughs> you should think about that. You know, I can see uh, the wheels are turning in his head. So you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you for a second, in a second, to render a decision on uh, Sonny as the legal custodian of Julian, based on everything that happens in the movie. I don't want to go through the rest of them, but by way of example, some other things they do together. He takes him to a bar. He keeps him up until 2.30 in the morning during their first night together so he can ask him for dating advice. Um, he uh, throws French fries at him. He throws himself in front of a car to make him laugh. Again, Julian likes to people hurting themselves. He talks about sex in a pretty uh, crude fashion to him. Yeah, well, he's, he's talking to his girlfriend. Oh! His girlfriend having gross old person sex. Got it. Yes, I do remember that. Mm -hmm. Um, He, uh, you know, obviously he lies to social services. He says that he's somebody else. Um, He allows Julian to kill multiple pigeons with a slingshot. Uh, He lets him play violent video games. He's got some troubling behavior now that I can Yeah, I don't know. I think I'm more worried about the kid. Okay, yeah. Harming animals. He's had a rough childhood. He does a sli- he he performs a sleeper hold on Rob Schneider and nearly kills him. He lets him sleep in a bed that he's urinated in with newspapers on it. But yes, I feel like the newspaper is worse. Go on. It might. It might. And be. He didn't change the. He didn't change the pajama pants. I will. I'll, or the sheets. He just put newspaper yeah. down. So yeah. All this stuff happens like a dog. There's- there, there's an inflection point in the movie and, and um, Sonny realizes that he's having a negative impact on Julian by what he's doing. I forgot exactly who gets through to him, but somebody the gets teacher, through to him. The teacher, the teacher tells him he's the smelly kid in class. 
Oh, he's a smelly right. So then he so then he begins he changes his behavior. They still have fun, but he like modifies everything so that it's a little more acceptable. So mm-hmm. I guess two questions. One, uh, how how does change in behavior factor into a court's opinion? If someone's doing someone's hanging out with prostitutes and all of a sudden they stop doing it. Yeah. Um uh, we probably should not continue to harp on this particular example. I mean uh, yeah. Uh, so you know, how does change factor in? And you're the judge. He, suppose he has standing. Um, how how are you ruling? So okay. So we're assuming that we are allowing Sunny to be going for custody. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're you're just conducting you're, you're conducting a be, you're conducting a best interest of the child analysis in a vacuum. So, I don't know that Sonny's the worst I've seen if I'm a family court judge in New York County in 1999. <laughs> I don't know. You know, it's a whole different world. I'm trying to picture I'm an, I'm a freshman at NYU. I don't know. I, I think, I think probably totality. He does change. He is looking out for him. He does want what's best for him. He's bathing him. He's bringing him to school, right? He's helping him study by the end, Lee. Yeah. Uh, they're now holding up signs that say go slowly to the rollerbladers, right? Sonny has learned. He's redeemed himself. Yeah. I'm okay. With, I think all told, I think he loves that kid. Any, any wow. Moment. What's this? You're, 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 you're basically like his dad. I didn't realize that we would. Oh my gosh. Would- you're right. I am. I'm his dad at the end of the movie. This I'm is why the movie is so effective. What did you say? That's why the movie's so effective. Yeah, you're right. I didn't even know that I that I was turned. So let's let's take a look. Let's take a quick look at Kevin Garrity now, um, and his who would have standing. Who would have standing in his application for custody? We, we don't know all that much about him, other than he has a good job and he's in a steady relationship. Um, I want to play the phone call when he finds out that Julian exists and and see how that factors into the analysis. I'm going to play that right now. I think analysis is a really strong word, but go on. I'm Gary. It's me. I got something to tell you. Yeah, what's up? There's a kid here. Uh, What kind of kid? Uh, If this note is true, it's your kid. What are you talking about? Um, I'm having a tough time reading this, but uh, I think it says, Dear Kevin, this is Julian, your son. I hope you understand why I didn't tell you about him until now, but he needs your help. I can't be his mother anymore. This is ridiculous. Who sent that note? Jan. Jan. I don't know any Jan. Where's he from? Where you from, buddy? Buffalo. Buffalo? I've never even been to Buffalo. Somebody's messing with me. Maybe it's a mistake. Come on, is there really a kid there, or is this like the time you told me my parents were dead? I swear to God, he's right here. I'm coming home, all right? I don't know how I'm going to explain this to the partners, but... No, 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 hang on. It says here, if you won't take responsibility for him, they found a foster family that... Yes, Uncle Remus, I know the catfish are huge. That's terrific. Here's a number for a guy at City Social Service Bureau, Arthur Brooks. I'll call him. I better come home. No, 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 no. Let me take care of it. You sure you can take care of this? Yeah, I'll be fine. Don't worry. Hooters, Hooters, Hooters. All right, listen, Sonny. Thanks a lot. Yeah, later. Okay, so... uh... That is uh, the conversation that they have right after the kid arrives. 
Um, that's kind of the most information we get about Kevin, like how he behaves in that moment. He's kind of looking for an excuse as to why it can't be him instead of digging into his history of one night stands to figure out whether or not there's a causal link between what he's done in the past and this child. So take everything into consideration. Is that, does that moment matter in the court's analysis or not really given that he's a pretty stable guy, stable job, and ultimately, you know, wants to, wants to get custody. So this seems like a non sequitur, but when I'm listening to your question, the first thing I'm thinking about is Jerry Springer. And the idea of like, if you, so your question, Lee, really, if I distill it is, if I question the paternity of this child, have I lost the ability then to later be an active parent to this child? And Jerry Springer would tell us, obviously not. If I said to you, Lee, I have this, my, my, my 10 year old is yours. Mm -hmm. You would know it wasn't, but you know, if someone that you was had been in a relationship with ten years ago said this child is yours, and you're like, really? I don't think that it is. I would like a paternity test. Like, what are you talking about? And the child is yours. You move on. But I want to push and back on that for a second because okay. that's not what happens. He doesn't say like. It's not mine. I want a paternity test. He leaves the country seconds after being given this news, doesn't call to check in on what's happening at all. I and feel like you're more offended by this than I am. I want you to imagine being hotshot John Stewart, who I now know it was, in 1999, living your life. You're about to do this big deal that I've made up in my head in China. And you get a phone call from your loser best friend that there's a kid at the door with a note taped to him. Like, do you owe that? Do you have a duty to that kid immediately? I don't, I'm not as offended as you are by the question and the, and the, dis, the initial dismissal of it as a possibility. I'm Probably. allowing John Stewart that couple, how long do you think that, how long is it? What's the time frame of the movie, Brad? He's, he's, he's enrolled in school. He develops like friendships and relationships in school. I think seasons pass. No, there's something later in the movie where they say something like months. Six weeks. Yeah. Six he's, weeks? I think it's six weeks. Yeah, it's one of those subtle things later in the movie. They mention it. John Stewart doesn't even tell Sonny I'm coming home. He just arrives. I suppose someone says, he goes like, hey, where's Sonny? And he's like, doofus, he's in court trying to get custody of your kid. So he who just shows up unannounced. Julian, who is paraded out into an open courtroom where there's like every adult that he's known for, you know what I mean? And he's, what does he say? That he wants Sonny to be his dad, right? Yeah. Yeah, because Sonny actually has been there for him the last six weeks, whereas Jon Stewart is just billing hours in Brad, Shanghai. Do you feel like Lee has a very strong perspective on this? Like a very pro-Sonny I do recall. I do recall the first time I saw this movie when I was, you know, sixteen, seventeen years old. I felt like it was an unhappy ending because they. A, a travesty. It is a travesty. They do. They. It is a kind the of a weird movie. 
Yeah, you want him to end up with you want him to end up with Sonny. Lined up with Sonny, and they kind of and he doesn't. It's so it's a little bit unsatisfying in that respect. He he winds up with his biological dad, and Sonny winds up with Layla. The uh, I'm sort the, of mining my feelings here. Watching this the way I watched it, texting Lee just terrible texts about how <laughs> I can't believe this is happening. But watching it from my perspective as a matrimonial practitioner, what did I want him to end up with Sonny? I think you're right. I think I maybe did too, even though I knew that that was like a silly, that would have been like... Well, maybe ultimately the movie is actually more legally accurate and realistic than we're giving it credit for because the kid winds up with a biological dad rather than this total stranger, even though it's a... Uh, it's not what your heart's telling you is the more satisfying outcome. Maybe what if right John that? Stewart had said, Sonny can have him? What would have happened from a legal perspective? Oh, gosh. But this is what I'm saying to you. You're sort of testing, like, I don't... Law school hypothetical time. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, uh, he could have, he could... I don't know. I Can you... Yeah, I don't know that it's really up to, I'm not a family attorney, but I'm just guessing. It's probably not really up to the biological father what happens to the kid. If the, if the biological father doesn't want to uh, step up, I don't think he gets to just dictate where the kid goes. I don't step. disagree with you. I think if you, I mean, if you, uh, what's the word? I can't think of it. If you give up your parent, if you give up your guardianship, if you give up your rights as a parent, I, I don't know. Is there is is a government agency stepping in to figure out who can be next in line? Well, when the when the child services department or whatever that guy works for thought that Sonny was Kevin, right? And and Kevin, fake Kevin, says at one point, "I gotta I gotta give the kid. You know, I can't take care of this kid. I gotta give him back." Right. You think child services says, "Okay, well, we'll have to put him in foster." Basically, the state will look after him until. We'll hope we find a forever home for him, but in the meantime, he's going to basically become the responsibility of the, I don't know, city, state. Yeah, city, yeah. Um, I'm sorry that you guys didn't get the ending you wanted. (laughs) So really quickly, I I don't want to belabor the point, but you you brought up uh, Julian being paraded out in front of a courtroom. I guess how... Leaving aside the fact that they call like a homeless person and a drunk to the witness stand as witnesses, and that yeah, there that are five, really like you know, or trial prep on Sonny's part. Like a bad, like they, they didn't. You, what do they say? Never ask a question you don't know the answer to. Oh, not <laughs> yeah. And they're all kind of like giggling at the responses, even though it's like a yeah, very serious case. I didn't, I didn't think it was good. Uh, good. I got a question, Louisa. Have you ever seen a state court courtroom that looked like that? It was pretty, right? It was pretty. I've most nicer Queens County uh, courtrooms look like that. No, Lee, like the older ones. I don't think it looked more like a federal court. It looked like a federal courtroom to me. But so, Lee, what you're talking about with the kid is a Lincoln hearing. It's called, which is when a kid. Thank you for bringing this back to to real legal talk. Sorry, I just. Boring Thank you. Uh, yeah. So anyway, a, a kid, uh, a kid's preference will matter, especially dependent upon age. Right. The older the kid gets, the more weight their um, their preference will hold. Generally, I'm speaking in generalities to whoever is listening to this. Always. Um, 
usually those are outside of it's usually the judge, I think, and a kid, maybe the kid's attorney. A kid is assigned an attorney for the child or a guardian ad litem. I can tell you the difference if you're interested um, in, a, in a custody proceeding. So no, a kid would not be, I can't imagine a scenario where like you open this really, as you point out, Brad, like pretty doorway, you know, to the back and the kid comes out five years old, little lisp, and he sits on the stand and he talks about what he would like to happen. No. But but the hearing itself, there is some semblance of truth to what happened. Like, yeah, you would bring in, in a custody case, you would bring in witnesses that could testify to your relationship with your child. Sure. Right. And he, cho- he, he chooses a homeless person he interacts with for 40 seconds and, yep. and the, the drunk guy. Does the does the child get representation? I think in the movie, you know, Sonny's representing himself and him and yeah. his 15 friends. And then there's someone representing the city who I guess they're resisting Sonny's petition. And then uh, usually in a custody hearing, it would be a two parents. Uh, and yeah, like I said, the child uh, often has an attorney assigned, either an, a, an AFC, an attorney for the child who is representing the child's position, right? Is that some sort of guardian? Is that like a guardian ad litem? It can be a guardian ad litem, which is a substitution of judgment, right? What, What that person thinks makes sense. So maybe a really young child or a child who maybe has less, you know, ability to make their uh, preferences known. But back to what we were saying about would Julian have an ability to to have his preference known? Yes, it would usually be through his attorney. I mean, I have cases with where an AFC can make a huge difference. They're literally speaking to the child and then going in front of the court and advocating for that child's position. And do they testify or are they advocating like a lawyer? Like a lawyer. That didn't really happen here. Albert Albert Brooks just kind of stood there and... I don't know who Albert Brooks is. It's Arthur Brooks, by the way. Whatever. He looks familiar. He was like a high school teacher in lots of movies during that time, no? Yeah. Right? So from like a... From a... Understanding (laughs) that this is like a... This is not a very realistic movie. From a... From a family law perspective, like how this played out and the factors the court considered and like how accurate scale of one to 10 is this film? We're going to well, keep you have to tell me Which way am I going? Which way is 10 accurate? And, and 10, <laughs> 10, 10 is, I'm, I'm going to keep throwing out one to 10 scales, but I'm going to keep changing just, the just meaning like, behind them. I will make the decision. It, I, I, is, I think it is, was a, 10 is most accurate. One is least okay. accurate. That's how I think it. That's cognitively where my brain goes. Yeah. Uh, like a, like a, like a, like a one, eight, two, five. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, and we can tell all the people, because I know this is going to be listened to far and wide, that yeah. literally my first, my first comment to you, Lee, was like, this has nothing to do with, I don't understand how you want me to make this have have uh, matrimonial and family law implications, but you did, we did, you did. I, I actually feel like we could have talked about this for a lot longer. I, I think that the implications are far ranging. And aye, aye, maybe aye, aye. after people listen to this podcast, they will realize that this is the seminal movie 
in family law that word never fails to make me uncomfortable and also i think that they should send in their questions and we'll just come back and do it again i'll just answer their questions on the fly well we'll have to find another one a different a different <laughs> family law there's plenty of like them out kramer there so. versus kramer no that's too easy we need we need to find something that's a little more not quite on the as quite on the nose but we'll like, find that it. Doesn't really. You want me to really? You don't want it to deal directly with family or matrimonial law issues. I mean, we're, we're never inviting you back on the show again, anyway, so it doesn't really matter. But <laughs> sure, in theory, heartbroken. This is this is me heartbroken. But any, I do appreciate you having me on. Any any parting thoughts on the film, on things we missed, or are you just happy that it's over? And I'm just, I'm not. Ha- I'm always happy to speak to you and Brad. I am happy that I'm. I'm done watching it and not watching it again. Brad, I do I not feel, have to pay I feel like now that you've discussed the last it, time you watch it in for the foreseeable future, I yes, take it literally. What? Really? I feel like now that you've discussed it, you've you're retroactively appreciating it a little bit more than when you were sitting there, hate texting me throughout it. Yeah, like if I was at a one, I'm at a one point seven two five. All right, I get well, very specific in my scale. Louisa, um, thank you for, for being on. Great stuff. Super informative. And um, we'll, we'll talk again soon. Bye. Thanks, guys. It was fun. Thanks, Louisa. For more on all things real estate and the law, subscribe to this and our other podcasts. Follow Bergstein, Flynn, Knowlton, and Polina on social media. Subscribe to our newsletter and go to bfklawoffice.com. That's bfklawoffice.com to learn more.